I mean, you hear a lot of employees saying, oh no, I want to quit, I want to start my own business. I, I always say, um, hating your job is not a business plan. Hey, what's up everybody out there? My name is Gray and this is another episode of the Gray App Podcast. And this is the podcast where we discuss and conversate with very awesome people and try to learn from them. So if you like learning, you are definitely at the right place. I'm coming to you live from Cape Town, South Africa, and it's getting super cold here, slowly getting close to winter. And I recently moved very close to the beach, literally on the beach. So the coldness is getting real so fast, so faster actually much faster than where I used to live. So I'm starting to adapt to this kind of conditions, which is fine for now. But let's get back to the podcast. Today, uh, we have an, an, an amazing guest. I don't know why I'm kind of bubbling as I speak, uh, probably because it's late and my body needs to sleep. But we have Beth Malachi today, uh, the founder of a wine company, a young wine brand called Rebirth Wines, and a director of Startup Grind right now in Cape Town, I'm mean, sorry, in Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, and she recently actually won an award uh, through, uh, through Startup Grind, the Startup Grind Rising Star of 2018. So you guys know what's coming up. She's relentless. She has been you know, an entrepreneur is pretty much, she has the DNA, so she has been doing that from the get-go, but she has worked uh, on the normal job as well, the so-called normal job, so which actually comes full circle in our story as we're talking about how she got started and then how she started the uh, wine company and, you know, startup grind and, uh, you know, and you'll be able to tell just by the way she speak that she's actually a highly competitive person and now you're gonna have you're gonna hear how she has used that energy to actually achieve some things uh, throughout her career you know since she was in school and stuff like that and so we talk about that and we uh, we discuss topics like managing stuff how do you get to hire smart people to work for you and how do you keep them because that's a very big challenge, you know, not only for uh, startups or, you know, uh, solo entrepreneurs, but also corporates as well. That's a very hard problem. And we discuss things like, you know, conflict management. How do you, you know, how do you solve conflict? Especially if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're pretty much on a position as a leader. You're pretty much a leader. So how do you deal with that? And we discuss value what really value means, uh, especially in the context of networking. The, uh, you know, value gets thrown away a lot out there. You know, people talk about value, uh, which I feel personally is a concept that a lot of people, especially young people, are missing. So, we, we, you know, we delve into that. And we also discuss networking. And this podcast actually is was supposed to be longer, but I actually kept the other part of it I'll, and I'll publish it when the time is right. You know, there's a timing thing that I can foresee in the future and there will be the right time to publish it. So now I just kept it short 
and you know it's great you're going to enjoy it and there will be more to come and when when the time is right you're going to be able to hear to hear the rest of the conversation so with that i will let you enjoy my podcast with beth and if you have anything to say to her or you know you want to get in, in touch with her pretty much she's everywhere beth malachi on linkedin uh facebook and i believe instagram and all over the place it's b-e-t-h-m-a-l-a-t-j-i that's how you can get hold of her so, and i'll post all the links that you guys need in the description enjoy the podcast thank you oh uh, has this started yeah, already started <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> okay, um, I'm Beth Malaji. I'm the founder of Rebeth Wines. And uh, no, I don't make the wine myself. So I basically just, it's almost like what Woolworths is doing, um, repackaging the products and selling it back into the market. So there's what we call unbranded wine, which a lot of wine farms overproduce wine. And they end up not knowing what to do with it. They sell it at a very low amount or they just give it away to whoever who comes to their wine farms. And we buy that wine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's um, accredited by the Wines and Spirits of South Africa. And I package it and sell it back to the market. So the reason why I started the business is I have always wanted to um, have my own products. I come from the publishing background. As you know, I used to run a magazine called Wealth Letter. And at Wealth Letter, I used to interview highly influential, successful founders and entrepreneurs. And I sort of like got bored of doing that. And I wanted a tangible product. And had a little conversation with myself as to what it is that I really want to do. I initially wanted to start with coffee, but then I did my research and realized, oh my God, there's a whole lot of things I need to learn about. So um, while on that thought, I just I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by wine. You drink wine a lot? I do. Are you, I taste, are you an No. <laughs> there's a difference between... Drinking wine a lot and appreciating wine. Right. I appreciate wine and good wine. I don't just drink any wine. For me to and with me, it's more on the tasting notes, notes and more on the on the smell than actually consuming it on a daily basis. Sometimes I just pour it in a glass and have like a sip. Just the smell, just the aroma, just fascinates me. And I also did my research on that as well. Went to a lot of farms. Um, had relationships with a lot of uh, farm owners in Cape Town, I mean in the Western Cape, and I decided on a few varieties that I want to have in my, in my brand. And and then I, luckily, a very close friend of mine is a marketing lady, and she runs a branding company. So I approached her and said, will you be able to do all the artwork and labeling for my brand? And she has agreed. And she's the one who's been doing all the amazing artworks for Rebeth. And that's pretty much how everything was started. Launched still very, uh, we're still in diapers. Launched last year in November. But every month, sometimes it's a bit overwhelming because of the attention that we get. It's almost like it's just PR on its own. The fact that I'm young, black, under 30. Yes, I am under 30. (laughs) Getting the money. The money is coming. <laughs> it's okay. still very early to tell, but it's 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 
it's promising. It's right. obviously an industry which is um, which could potentially bring quite good money. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stay in Joburg then. What's what's gonna be my role? Because um, I need something to keep me here. Oh my god! Please no, let's not get there. <laughs> okay, so besides that, you do startup grind as well. Yes. Just uh, share a little bit about that. Okay, so like I said earlier on, I used to run a magazine where I was interviewing hard to reach influencers in business. Okay, what magazine was that? It was Wealth Letter Magazine. Oh, okay. And. Um, this one time I decided I, I don't want to run the magazine anymore. It was just too much. I got bored. I it get was your bored own easily. Ma- yeah, it was my own magazine. Nice. It was an online magazine. What, what an interactive. Say again. What age? Yeah, you started the magazine. I was 24. Okay. Yeah. I was 24 and I still had. It was almost like it was a transition from corporate to me being an entrepreneur. I and I bootstrapped the magazine. Okay. So. Um, was it like profitable? Did you win? Sometimes, um, but then look, I didn't. I did. I think I did it. I didn't do it for the money. I did it because I wanted to create a name for myself, and I wanted to sort of like prove to myself that I don't actually belong in corporate. I can do my own thing. I can be an entrepreneur. It sounded cool being an entrepreneur, and then when I realized that actually it needed more than just me thinking it would be cool being an entrepreneur, I decided, okay, maybe this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Let me just leave it to the big players and just move on to something else. So when I stopped running the magazine, I wanted to have my, I started my own YouTube channel, mm-hmm. still doing the same thing, interviewing influencers and decision makers. And then um, one of the guests I had was Sandra Spiri, mm-hmm. who was running Startup Grand Johannesburg that time. Yeah. I used to go to Startup Grand events almost every month, and I kind of loved it. I loved being there. And this one time he said, um, he mentioned um, on one of the events that he's stepping down as a director. Right. He wants somebody to take over the chapter. Literally, I was the only one that raised up the hand. Ah. And it was kind of confusing, like, why isn't everyone interested in this? Like, what is wrong with this? Maybe there's something that I don't know. And shortly after that, after the event, Sandra came and spoke to me. He said, oh, I see you want to run the chapter. I said, yeah, I do. And he said, okay, I'll send you all the details later tonight. You can start tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, okay, what yeah. do I need to do? He said, no, I'll send you everything over email. And the following day, he sent me all the logins for mm. social media. He sent me um, all the information, literally everything. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, fine, I'm in. And then he was like, whoa, wait a bit. Still have to go and do the training. I had to go on an intensive training for about a month until I got a call from Silicon Valley to sort of like formally accept me. Shortly after that, the next month, they said, you're going to be interviewing the the next guest at Startup Grind. I was not ready for all of those but because i have done it before i was just like okay cool let's just see how it goes and also with the how we interview our guests as well generally a lot of um a lot of media companies or a lot of journalists when they interview people they're always focusing on the end results the success of the entrepreneurs it's been overdone we want to know um your journey we want to know 
what led you to being who you are now. Okay, so let's hold off of the, on that point and mm-hmm. then say, let's talk about what led you to who you are now before we continue with the interview. Okay. So say, <laughs> Beth at six, from six years old. Yeah. yeah. What was she thinking? Okay. Um, and whenever I mention this, people don't believe me. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and I've always been an introvert. Mm-hmm. I've always been that kid who would always just be at home reading books. Mm-hmm. But I know that when I was growing up, I've always wanted more in life. I've always wanted better. I did. I'm. I've, I was never really that intelligent, but I was an mean, A student. What, what do you mean that? I was not an A student. I was not a. Uh, I was not book smart, mm-hmm. but I would. You would find that I would have achieved more than the A students, sure. as you may call them. That is because I, I never wanted to be below anyone. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be better. I've always wanted to stand out. There has to be something about me that makes me different from other kids. It must be tough to compete with you, eh? Crush. <laughs> <laughs> no one competes me. No one competes with me. Don't even dare. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's the same thing uh, uh, when I got to varsity as well. Just found myself getting involved. Um, it's it's funny when I mention this. At some point, I used to be a part of the. Um, the they used to call it S S, S Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, where all the artists go, all the performers go, and I was part of. I was one of the poets. Mm. I was never a good poet, mm. but I've won awards. Okay. That is because I'm very competitive, sure. and I don't ever want to be second. Did I you, always want to be. Poetry? No, I studied human resource management. Where? At University of Limpopo. Right. Yeah. So from Limpopo or? <laughs> from Limpopo. Yeah, I'm from there. Grew up there. Mm. University there, but then after university, I was like, okay, let me move to Joburg. Had this gold like I'm still looking for the gold, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and here I am. And even with the beginning of my career as well, I started out as a business consultant. And look, I think everything in life, the dots connect. Even if you are unhappy at your job, your unhappiness might be the reason why you're starting your company. Sure. You know, the reason why you are unfulfilled is because maybe you yearn for something more. And if you feel you do yearn for something more, tap into it. Mm. You may fail, you may succeed, so what? You've learned. And then so you move this on. is an important question that I feel I should ask you. So probably, did, did you ever get something as a dream job Yes. in your career? Yes. How did, how did that end up? Because I feel like as an entrepreneur, you realize when you get that so-called dream job, mm-hmm. that it's just not fulfilling no matter what. It, it becomes less about the money or what the job means and it just doesn't feel right somehow. I don't know how you deal with that. It depends on what what it means for you at the time. Um, when I was starting out, a dream job for me meant lots of money mm-hmm. um, to a point where I can be able to afford to stay in a townhouse, mm-hmm. to afford to pay for the car and my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That was a dream job. Sure. But um, you get to a point where money doesn't define you anymore mm-hmm. because with that that dream job you have to wake up every day in the morning probably be at work at eight and leave at seven or eight, mm-hmm. eight sometimes and you don't really have a life and sometimes people think they are caged mm-hmm. that might not even be the case people would be thinking oh no i'm at work at eight o'clock and then i leave at seven i don't even have time for my family i don't even have time to do the things that i want to do maybe i'm caged and that might not even be the case. Mm. It's it's always in your mind. If you feel you are caged, mm. you might it might be that you are actually caged. So I always say that um, people must do what they've always wanted to do, so that they can realize that um, 
the answer does not rely on what they yearn to do. So what were the moments, say, in your corporate life that made you like feel, you, that defined or remind you of, like, say, at one point this happened and I was like, damn, I should actually do my own thing. Okay, I wanted, I wanted power. I wanted to make decisions. I wanted to make my own decisions. I wanted to have my own voice. I wanted to make my own mistakes and to try my own ideas out. Because there's, you cannot really entirely give out your creative juices to somebody else's company, especially if they don't see the vision um, that you are seeing, and. Look, I wanted to be in control, yeah. and you can't necessarily do that in anyone com- in anyone's company. Sure. That's when I decided if it was my own company, I would try this, I would try that without anyone saying, "Oh, but then it's going to cost X amount of money." If it costs that amount, that X amount of money in your own company, it's your own loss. And if it doesn't work out in your own company, it's fine. It's a lesson. You move on. So, I think. But do you think then it's it's uh, it's this something? anybody can do or it's actually it's personal it's either you can or you can't do it to have that kind of fear spirit where you you know you can look at your situation and say look i'm gonna quit the job do my own thing i think it takes a lot of effort you know and i I think it's personal because for some people it's just as easy as that to you it probably just made sense to do that for other people it's like they want to start their own business but like oh now to quit the job Mm-hmm. How do you even get started to you know to take care of yourself? Like how do I get the money? Blah blah blah. Yeah. To support yourself. But did you have that conversation with yourself? I so, did. Yeah. I have a. I still do even today. I have a lot of conversations with myself. Most of the times, the the, the the I think the fact that I'm also an introvert helps me a lot because I'm able to apply my mind to a lot of things calmly, mm-hmm. without the noises that sure. you know the external noises. And coming back to your question, um, it does take a lot of communication with yourself and really what is important to you at that time what matters to you at the time Mm -hmm. and what you really truly want to do with your life because i always say i mean you hear a lot of employees saying oh no i want to quit i want to start my own business i i always say um hating your job is not a business plan Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's good you know because you can hate your job and, and, and look, there's there's nothing wrong with being an employee as well. You know, mm. some people are happy being employees. It's fine. It fulfills them. But if you if you want control of your life, if you want control of of your future, and if you feel the control as 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 aligned with you starting your own thing, then do that. But also be very very realistic about it, because mm. a lot of people leave their jobs and then they become entrepreneurs and then they struggle financially as well and also as black people we sort of like avoid the financial aspect of it like ugh, i don't know how, how good is your petty <laughs> how good is your petty yeah how good is your petty i is is your is your petty okay is your can you speak petty no Sorry. okay we have a thing of saying i'll see or oh, yeah. god will provide oh. or something like that i think there's that thing in every language or yes kind of word. <laughs> so in petty we say kitabona mm. Yeah, oh, I'll say in my language you can say designer, so that yes. is almost similar. So that's not how it works because yeah. you will be depressed. Because imagine you left your job because you are just rebellious because you just want to be an entrepreneur with no plan whatsoever because mm. you think you've got this coolest idea. Sometimes it takes long for somebody to actually even listen to you, mm. and 
you don't even have money for data. Simple, something so simple like data. Something mm-hmm. so simple like taking an Uber from point A to another sure. to go to that meeting. And a lot of successful entrepreneurs always say, before you quit your job, at least have money that sustains you for at least a year mm-hmm. until your business picks up. And with me, I had to um, minimize my spending. I have to downgrade my lifestyle as well. Moved into a smaller place, drove a small car. Um, look, a lot of the things that I used to spend money on had to stop now because now I have to be very smart as to where I put my money. Sure. And comes coming back to the business as well, we think, or a lot of people tend to think that you can throw money at any problem. Mm-hmm. That's why I call myself a bootstrapper because I don't think or I don't believe that any problem within your business requires money. Sometimes it just needs you to think creatively or it just needs you to maybe collaborate with somebody. You just need to collaborate with somebody who can offer you um, the service that you require in your company. Sure. Also, if it works for both parties as well, because with collaboration, it shouldn't be one-sided. Mm-hmm. If you're collaborating with somebody, that person must also benefit from collaborating with you so that again comes back to the people in your networks um how fruitful do you how 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 seriously do you take uh the people in your in your networks if you're saying you are always at networking events why are you there what are the conversations that you're having with people that you meet um are those conversations actually leading towards building you as a person and also your business as well mm-hmm. so it's unfortunately those are the things that you never learn at uh, i mean at, at school they never actually even teach you I mean, in business school mm-hmm. it's just a matter of there has to come a point where you are honest with yourself what you want what you want to achieve and yeah just carry it out just mm-hmm. like that so did you have though any challenges that were like obviously that was your first gig your yeah. own business to run of course, yeah, what, what I was still the have part? challenges, but the major one is is, is retaining talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I love working with the best. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that work with me are actually even much more smarter than I am. But that's expensive. It's hard it's to expensive. convince smart people to work for you. It's expensive, and they always leave. Absolutely, because they they I mean you can imagine I mean you can imagine they. They are amazing anyway, and for them to be with you for so long as well, you also when you, when you work with smart people, you also need to um, give them room for uh, for authority sure. as well. But there has to be boundaries. Mm. Um, and that's a tough conversation to have. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, just to give you an example. My my assist, my personal assistant, mm. she is super smart. And I know she want to run her own business in the future and stuff like that. And sometimes she would make some decisions which I feel were beyond her role in the company. And sometimes I would address it, sometimes I'd let it slide. But I, I believe that when you hire people, they must have some level of emotional intelligence to a point that they must also know that everything they do is for the company and for their own um, personal growth and they and they career growth as well, so it's very difficult when you do interviews with everyone who needs a job 
they all say the same things but it takes somebody who is emotionally intelligent to actually stick around for the right reasons not for the sake not for selfish reasons not for the sake of i want a job or for the sake of you know for for reasons known by them so it's always i i i'd rather just work with somebody who's highly intelligent and they're not skilled and then i can train them on the job okay. than That's anything else right because at the end of the day they have to it it also it it also comes back to them as well because yes i have got my own dreams and aspirations and vision for my company but remember they are their own individuals as well yeah, they, they the also want people. yes yeah. they also want to grow as sure. well so it, it it must be um as balanced as possible so do you have like a strategy to make this work because this is a harder problem even for larger companies smart people can stay on a job it's hard for you to keep them interested enough uh there's a lot a lot of attention you know a lot of people are looking for them many offers coming in what what do you have to have to like make them stay how do you keep them because for large corporates whether do they just offer them too much money mm. so that nobody can go out and and beat them and, and I have a few guys a few of my friends are actual um, actuarial scientists yeah and they work for large corporations they have too much interest uh, from the outside world and they get too much offer so to keep them the corporates keep on throwing money at them you can never keep anyone <laughs> exactly. stay yeah and they leave anyway yeah, yeah. You, it's almost like even in a relationship mm. i'll just give you an example you'd find a woman who's not educated dating a rich man mm. and they're in it you think they're in it for the money and eventually they leave mm. because you can never especially now especially as millennials you can mm. never make us do what we don't want to do absolutely you know whether there's more money more opportunities or if they don't want to stay they don't want to stay mm. and this conversations must be um it i mean these things must be discussed as early as possible there needs to be transparency oh okay, so what does that conversation sound like when you have a with your no just honestly mm. i'm I, i like being honest mm. and these ways you can you can have those conversations without without sounding like you are intimidated by the fact that they are smarter or whatever mm. just truthfully and honestly what do you want how long do you want to stay and not that your answers will have any impact in you getting the job yeah. or not and how 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 are you willing to work with the company do you want to come into the office every day how 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 can we make it work because sure. at the end of the day it's out out i also prefer hiring people on a um on a on a contractual basis where i know that i have your time for x amount x x x number of days and um there's milestones where i know you, i need you to do one two three for me for for this period and after that we can then take it further because i don't i don't want to cage anyone i know how it feels sometimes you come to work every day at your clock to to, to five and you're not even doing anything sure. there has to be there has to be room for even the person that you've hired to also grow themselves as well personally mm-hmm. and that also counts so the conversations were revolve around what do you want ultimately what do you want to do with your life what do you where do you where do you see yourself in future why do you want to work for this company and how is that benefiting you instead of benefiting my company yeah. and what are some of the ways we can make it work in terms of time when are you available when can you be available for me and 
also in terms of um, conflict how can we what's the best way to resolve if we perhaps don't get uh, if you don't agree on, on on something or if you are unhappy with what I've said or with what I've asked you to do etc so it always comes back to the fact that and I've said this before before you are a CEO or before you are um, a founder of a specific company or an employer you are a human being yeah. at the end of the day and we must all treat each other as equals you know one should be superior than the other person just because of their job role or because of their post or something like that so there needs to be transparency and truthfully and honestly you know and without having to make the other person feel like if they're honest with you they might lose the job okay now that that's a tough one for a lot of where they see or a lot of people you know there's always a Naturally, I feel there's always a level of hierarchy in most of it, in most cases when there's a group of people. Yeah. But how do you deal with conflict? Um, do you have a, whether it's in, in your workspace or in your personal life? Because what I do is like I don't like to I don't like conflict at all. Yeah. So my strategy is I don't like to talk to people when they're angry because yeah. I don't get angry. Yeah. So I try to avoid you know conversation when someone is angry. I'm, I leave. Yeah. Whenever you're ready to talk, we can discuss things. You know when we all get. How do you deal with I'm also conflict? like that. Okay. Sometimes I would just let it slide for like even a week or two weeks mm-hmm. and not even communicate with that person at all. I don't know if it's a good thing, <laughs> but that's that's what I do. Because oh, okay. I'd like to, I don't know if it works. I'd like to apply my mind onto something before I confront somebody or before I I put something on, on an email to say, I'm not happy with this. And, and I don't want to do it the same day mm-hmm. I'm feeling like that because okay. I know I might mess up. So most of the times I just go home, just calm myself, not even focus on it. Tomorrow when I, when my mind is clear, mm-hmm. then I can sit down and look at it from both sides as well and try and understand. And also have room for that person to explain themselves as well as to why they have behaved the way they have. And um, not avoiding explaining myself as well as to why I have behaved a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always say, if there was something I did not understand, or if I offended you in any way, or maybe I came across as condescending, I do apologize. Mm. And I always ask, what have I done to maybe if there's something that I have done to uh, that might have caused the conflict? Can you please let me know so mm. that I can fix accordingly, and then we can move on. And I always ask, is there a way you think? We can uh, we can have a solution around this. Mm-hmm. What do you think the solution would be? If they reply or if they give me the solution, if it works for me, mm-hmm. then we move on. Tomorrow it's fine. Then we're good. Cool. If not, then I tried. <laughs> right. It's more like, you know that I'm an introvert as well. Who actually I had to train to, to to become like more extrovert. I can do it for some time, but still I need my own face. So those kind of conversations are really, really hard for me um, to have in a super intense conversation with people. It's really hard. I have to like think a lot about it or yeah, take some time out, which I think sometimes it creates uh, a vacuum because the other person is waiting for your response to say something. You know, So the, the longer I delay, it just sometimes causes more problems. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's talk about uh, the power of... Networking, since you're involved with Startup Grind, 
Yeah. How does the network effects work in your favor? Like, you know, how it, why is it important to attend those kind of events and stuff? Okay, um, just to recap, when I started the magazine, which is my first business, I knew no one. I don't come from a family which had business owners or whatsoever. I had no contacts, no money. And the growth of my business was based on the people that I knew and the people that I kept in my circle. And to this day, I try to have as many influential people in my circle as, as, as much as I can. And also the relationships that I have should also be, it should be beneficial on both parties as well. Because you find a lot of a lot in big cities, people just want to take, 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 and they don't want to give back. Sure. So it's also very uh, crucial to to make sure that the people that you are interacting with might be at networking events. Mm. Um, like I've talked about it before, be transparent. If you want something from somebody, let mm. them know. But more than anything, I think it puts a lot of people off when you are always the one wanting something from people. Have something to offer as well. Mm. Be you know, you must you must be somebody that people want to get to know. Okay, so before you move on with that, uh, let's speak about the millennial lifestyle or whatever. <laughs> uh, whereas value is being perceived have, as having you know pretentious photos on social media, you in a suit or in a fancy dress, without really having so nothing so. to to to, 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 offer. to offer. Yeah. Know? So what is value in that space? Like when you're networking, when you say you need to have something to offer. Value is. Um, truthfully being able to solve somebody's problems but um, with that make sure that um, when you've got things to offer to somebody you are also not emptying yourself as well Mm -hmm. because you'd find yourself giving so much of yourself and there's nothing that you're actually getting in return out of that so about that we I mean especially it it, it gets worse now with social media Mm you uh, <laughs> you see people on social media on Instagram they look like they are they're getting stuff done mm. and then you have a meeting with them and then you just realize that actually so your real life does not actually match up with your mm. social media mm. your social media life so um, oh, with me I'm very I'm very selfish with my time. Mm. And before I go on a meeting with somebody, I need to know what is the meeting. I don't do pick up your brain meetings. Mm. I don't do pick up your brain coffees at all. Everybody heard it right there. There's no, no. pick up your brain meetings. If okay. somebody has done that with me, they must come. They must come to me. I'll give them one rent. I don't do that <laughs> at all. I want to know why am I meet? Why am I meeting you? What sure. is it for? Is it for startup grind? Mm. If it's for startup grind, what do you want? Mm. Can we conclude this over the phone? Sure. Um, if I'm unable to offer, and a lot of, especially um, a lot of entrepreneurs who are still trying to find themselves, they always have a lot of projects that they want to get you involved. Mm-hmm. They will call you, I've got this cool opportunities, I think you would be the right person to collaborate with and all yeah. of that. You go to their meeting and then you realize that it does not align with what you ultimately want to do. Yeah. It doesn't allow, align with where you want to be. Uh, where uh, it doesn't it doesn't have it has absolutely nothing to do with what you want to achieve what you want to do and it shifts your focus because you'd find yourself doing a lot of projects that are not even fulfilling you that are not even in line with what you want to do and you are just all over the show doing this and that 
and you're just losing yourself and what you've always wanted to do from the onset. Mm. So there's ways which sometimes I just say, no, I'm, un- I'm, I'm, I'm incapable mm. or I don't have the resources to do that or can I link you up with somebody who might be interested? Because sure. I've realized that a lot of, uh, also a lot of my downfall was because I was always all over the place, just wanting to get involved into everything that yeah. seemed exciting. Yeah. And that it, and then I, I come back and reflect into my company and realize that actually I haven't really been putting energy into sure. Rebirth, yeah. which I should be f- putting so much of my energy into it. And that was not, it, it was not cool at all. A lot of people oversell themselves mm-hmm. and some people are afraid of being beginners. They claim that their companies are successful, they're doing well, they're afraid to say, no, I'm struggling mm-hmm. or I've got challenges. And thinking that people might not, thinking that the people that they're networking with mm-hmm. might feel like they don't have anything to offer them, mm-hmm. which is not always the case. Sometimes when you're just honest about the fact that you are struggling, you're still starting out, you need somebody who can help you. But also with that, be careful because a lot of people would be asking for things that they could easily get on Google. Mm-hmm. You know? Which happens a lot. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Where somebody just calls you and say, I want you to help me with strategy for my business, of which you can just Google. If it's mm-hmm. a hotel business, how to market a hotel business, just yeah. Google and get all the answers there. At the animation school in Cape Town, there's a post. You remember, Steve, it says... I'll Google before asking a dumb question. They wrote it so many, many times. (laughs) I love that. I love that place. Yeah. That's a very, and it happens a lot. Even with mentorship as Mm. well. I say people use the word loosely because it's almost like they expect you to sort of like become their own Googler or Mm. researcher or something. Instead of them just doing the work themselves, they want you to literally spoon feed them. Yeah. So it has to come to a point where. You have looked everywhere for answers. You couldn't find them before you go to another person yes. to say, can I have one, two, three? Yeah. Or can you, even with linking up, I hear a lot of, because can you imagine, I, I have a lot of influencers in my circle. Mm. People will say, oh, can you please link me up to so-and-so? I ask myself, have you actually even tried linking yourself up with that person? Does it have to be through me? Uh, actually, what people don't realize with that as well is that if I'm referring you to someone that I know, you you have to be legit in some ways because Absolutely. if you fuck up there, then you know it, it reflects on me. You know, it does. It's like what kind of people are you bringing to my table? Exactly. You know? So it affects both sides. I know it's just like it's not a one sided thing as people think it is. Yeah. Right. Are you can take that? Sorry, no, it's, it's, an alarm. A, it's an alarm that reminds me to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Why do you have to be reminded to drink water? Because I forget. I get so busy that sometimes mm. I even forget to eat. So I've got an alarm that reminds me to go have lunch yeah. to, to drink water. That's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. And when I also when I, when I go to bed, I sleep for normal seven hours. Okay, I need to get there. I'm still in five <laughs> hours, but working on it. Yeah, because... Uh, at the end of the day, you need your body to function. You need to be, yeah. you know, in the right state of mind. You need yeah. to be healthy. And we get we get caught, caught up so much in work and we forget to take care of ourselves. Mm. And that's, you know, you don't want to be that successful person in future where your health is just deteriorating because you have been neglecting it. And I don't want to mm. be those people. I still want to try and keep the balance with uh, my health, my relationships hey guys and we're gonna end this right here uh, like i said uh this went further than this but i decided to keep the other part and 
publish it later when the time is right. So I hope you guys picked up something from this. Feel free to contact me if you have any input. And you know, you can contact Beth directly uh, over social media. It's B-E-T-H-M-A-L-A-T-J-I. And yeah, remember to subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends and family. You can do that on all sorts of platforms, you know, iTunes and my website or SoundCloud. You can download and listen to it offline. You can also follow me on social media, on all these major social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I believe my username is great, Jabesi, G-R-E-Y. J-A-B-E-S-I. Basically, if you search that, you should be able to find me. Otherwise, my actual username is Hardcore Crypto, which is at Hardcore and Crypto as C-R-Y-P-T-O. So, see you on the socials and stay awesome and hustle the hardest.